This is my instant reaction for Megan. Greetings, binge lords. This is Jason from Binge Movies. I just got out of the movie theater from seeing a little thing called Megan. I'm going to give you my instantaneous thoughts as they occur to me, having left the theater and now standing in front of a microphone. Um, I leave the theater, if you've never listened to one of these before, and I formulate my thoughts in real time. And somewhere along the way, I give you a review that may or may not be pertinent to whether or not you're going to watch Megan. I'm going to try to break it down without spoilers give you a recommendation of whether or not I think you should watch it, whether or not I think it's worth your time to go to the movie theater, or whether you should watch it via the miracle of home video entertainment. I say home video entertainment because I am coming to you from the last video store in the universe. And if you have a video store near you, well, then I'm not in your universe. It's as simple as that. But I am the manager of the last video store in the universe. And uh, when I'm not busy managing a video store, I'm usually busy ranking movies. When I'm not busy doing that, I'm busy creating more content on Patreon. And if you're listening to this on Patreon, that means you got it even more instantaneously than everybody else and ad-free. I have clarified, I have rectified, and I have articulated all of the benefits for each, th each of the three remaining tiers Top tier is already sold out, but we've got three remaining tiers, and we've created the very first goal in the history of that Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash binge movies and check out everything that is available to you on all the selected tiers. Um, and I, I appreciate everybody. We've got some new patrons towards the end of last year, and I appreciate everybody who is a patron of the show and uh, couldn't do the show without you. So thank you very much. Um, I'm going to do this without spoilers, and then I'm going to get into a spoiler section. This is a tough one to spoil. Have you seen the trailer? But I'm going to try to avoid it. General, general impressions of Megan. If you're going into this wanting it to be malignant, you're going to be disappointed for two reasons. Number one, it is PG-13. It is a soft PG-13. It is, there's one exception to that, but there's, not a, there's no gore here. We're cutting away. We're not showing stuff. Um, all the gore perverts, the blood perverts out there who love the splatter, you're going to be disappointed. I would say if this was an early 2000s or 2010s movie, there would be a marketing campaign for the DVD or Blu-ray. See the unrated cut of Megan. And maybe there's going to be an unrated cut out there, and maybe people will like that more than this. But if you're going into it expecting gore and blood and guts and vomit, then you're not going to get that. Uh, if you're going into it expecting a high, high degree of camp, and you're, which is, I guess, also malignant, because this is, of course, coming, this is the sort of James Wan's follow-up, and I think it's all, he's paired with one of the screenwriters, the one that's, I think, not his girlfriend. I could be mistaken, but again, no homework, instantaneous reaction. Um, then you're not going to get that either. There are campy moments. There are laugh-out-loud moments. It may or may not be intentional, but this, the key here is this is not Malignant 2.0. This is its own thing. And if you go into it expecting blood, guts, gore, you're going to be disappointed by the PG-13. If you're expecting high camp, you're going to be disappointed because the movie does take itself semi-serious. Uh, another area of potential disappointment for you would be the pacing. The, the, this movie is paced 
languidly. <laughs> it, it's paced. Um, there's there's just a lot of. I'll tell you the movie it most di- directly reminded me of, other than the original Child's Play, and of course the reboot of Child's Play from a few years ago, because we're dealing with smart tech and dolls and whatnot. The movie it most reminded me of was a movie that Ali Sheedy and Lance Henriksen did in the early 90s called Man's Best Friend. Now, if you've seen that movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen that movie, uh, we have it available here at Binge Movies in all available formats, including ones that are out of print and ones that were never printed where you're from. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Ellie Shee plays a reporter who goes in and is trying to find animal cruelty in a lab. She finds a dog uh, who has been subjected to experiments, and the dog eventually goes progressively more berserk and crazy and kills a bunch of people. That's more or less what Megan is. Instead of a dog, it is a semi-sentient, growing sentient AI toy uh, from a toy tech company that produces kind of like Furby-like devices for kids. And they want to take their, they take their science to the next level, or at the very least, our main character does, who you might re- uh, recognize uh, from Get Out. Um, uh, what can I say about this? Because it already sounds like I'm down on the movie, but I'm 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 not down on it. I I, I liked it, but I had to adjust myself. I had to adjust myself down to accepting it for what it was going to be, and not for what I wanted it to be. Um, there was an older guy who sat behind me, and there was a there's a particular moment in the movie, and he it just tickled him to death. And I was going, I was laughing internally, but his big hearty dad laugh gave me permission to laugh in this scantily attended uh, pre-screening of this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way I could summarize my thoughts without getting too, too, too spoilery. Um, there are, I don't want to call them inconsistencies. Because that's not right. Because the movie does its darndest to try to explain everything that happens within the film and why certain people are the way that they are. Um, I have to get into slight light spoiler territory. So if you don't want any spoilers whatsoever, and if you just want to know whether or not I recommend it, the answer to that is, like, kind of. I don't know... On the one hand, I want you, I want original properties to be seen in theaters that we continue to get them. On the other hand, I don't know that this is not necessarily a movie that you need to see theatrically, whatever that means. Like if you're, if money's tight and you're trying to consider like, do I, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff that's going to be coming out soon. Like do I, you know, I can only buy one ticket the next or a couple of tickets, right? Because I have to take my significant other or, or whatever. Um, do I wait for Evil Dead Rises or some of the other films that are coming out next month? Um, or do I this or do I go see this? I would say maybe this is a VOD choice for you if if that's more affordable to you. Um Allison Williams plays sort of the Gemma. She's the lead programmer of Megan, the sort of the inventor creator of 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 Megan. And she ends up um, being the caretaker for um, her um, her niece, uh, who is played by Violet McGraw. 
Uh, I would say that Violet McGraw is actually pretty incredible in the movie. Now, you probably know from A Haunting of Hill House, and she's been in a bunch of movies. She was in Dr. Sleep. Uh, she's one of the characters in Dr. Sleep as well. Um, she is really good. Um, as kid actors go, and you know, a deep, dark, checkered past with kid actors here in binge movies, for those of you who are uh, long-term listeners, you know that I, I typically don't like uh, child actors, but I, th- I think the, I think she's more than solid in the movie, and I don't think the movie works without her. I think she's one of the strongest performances. There are a number of people who performed as Megan. There's Amy, Amy Donald, Jenna Davis, and Kimberly Crossman. Um, I don't know which one of those is the voice, but whoever did the voice is also did a fantastic job. His voiceover work is work, and it's hard. And if you don't believe in Megan and you don't believe in the line deliveries and sort of the, at times, intentional comedic subtext to her line deliveries and and certain other things that she does in the film, then you're not going to buy this movie whatsoever. The weak link of the film, both from, I think, an acting perspective and from a character perspective, is executive producer of this film, Allison Williams. Um, I think Allison Williams is a good actress. I've seen her do really good work look nowhere else but get out she does a really really good uh, work there but this character is written in such a way where she is extraordinarily unlikable she is extraordinarily unsympathetic and I don't mean that we aren't sympathetic towards her although that's true the character herself is written in a way where she is unsympathetic to her own niece and at no point do I see or believe from her any degree of guilt. Now, like I said at the kind of the top of this, that is sort of baked into the script. The explanation is this is a woman who cares more about her work than she does about other people, up to and including her family and her sister, who is the biological mother of her niece, uh, who is Katie. Um, I, 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 I think we needed more moments of her trying to relate to this child instead of just dumping her off on to essentially technology to further her career. I mean, where the movie gets into its contrivance is that this is a prototype experimental AI device, right? It is not at market. They're getting, you know, I I don't want to, again, I don't want to get into too far into spoilers, but she is one of a kind. She is, the, she is one of one. Um, that level of technology would be so locked down by the corporation who would own the intellectual property that Gemma creates, but for the purposes of the plot and the movie, which is this AI creature going, you know, progressively, you know, interpreting her programming in pr- progressively more disturbing ways, um, she has to be out in the world. She has to interact with people. Because if it's just in the, in the laboratory, they're going to shut her down, right? So it makes sense. And they give a semi-reasonable plot explanation. The problem is that then gets the, the Megan from the lab to Gemma and Katie's home. But it, that's not enough because it's just the two of them there. And it, it has to, she has to be growing in a sort of secret malevolence in the same way as man's best friend or the Child's Play movie reboot from not that long, or the original Child's Play for that matter, right? Things have to begin to be going wrong before anybody notices for this to happen. The problem in PG-13, and even some rated R horror movies that take that approach, 
is that it it purports itself to be suspense, but it isn't suspenseful. I don't know any other way to say it. It's not suspenseful. It is, um, that's where it gets languid. That's where it gets, that's where the pacing gets kind of tiresome. The reason why you're buying a ticket for a killer doll movie, whether it be Puppet Master, Demonic Toys, Dolls, Dolly, Dolly Dearest, um, Pinocchio's Revenge, or any other movie, Doll Man for that matter, uh, is because you want to, Demonic, Doll Man versus Demonic Toys, is that you want Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. You want to see the doll kill. That's what we're signing up for. You want to see the doll dance, and you want to see the doll kill. And she does both, but she doesn't do both because of the PG-13. And she does, basically, we saw it in the trailer. And uh, there's, there's some other elements to it, but I'll leave it at that for spoilers. Like, um, I think this, the trailer gave a little bit too much away for this movie. I think, on the whole, it is still a fun time at the movies again if you understand that this movie is going to make you go through the paces that all of these fucking movies make you go through you're just going to have to sit through the is something wrong with megan you know and i just can't connect and bond with this child and i think there might be a problem with megan and well that's impossible her programming like you're gonna have to sit through all of that stuff and then some fun stuff happens in between and if you're fine with sitting through all of that stuff, then I think you'll like the movie. But to me, it, it knocked it down maybe like about a star or half a star. Um, so I guess that kind of summarizes the non-spoilery parts of it. Um, again, there's not much here to be like, oh, and then here are the plot points that you haven't seen in the trailer. There aren't very many. Just, there just aren't. I can get into some of my deeper thoughts that are maybe a little bit more spoiler specific very briefly uh, on the other end of this other side of this little break we're going to have. But all in all, I would say I recommend the movie. I had a good time with it. I would, it would be here on these instant reactions. I use the letterboxed scoring system on our ranking episodes. We do it out of 10 letterboxes out of five. So out of five without getting into too many spoilers, I would give this like three and a half. Three and a half of the recommendation. Ultimately, you know your budget. Use your discretion when it comes to your finances. I don't think if you're a movie obsessive person like me, and also you're just you kind of got the holiday blues, and you just want to get out of your house and go do something, and you got the spare change in your pocket, then go see Megan. Accept it for what it is. Understand it's a PG thriller more than it is a rated R horror movie. Although I think some gore would have helped this one. Uh, gore doesn't necessarily need to be in a movie. But I think sometimes it helps, especially if you're sort of teetering between camp and comedic. Sometimes some nice splatter can be kind of funny. And uh, I think it might have helped this film. Um, it would have maybe put it over the top a little bit more for me. I'll get into more, some more of my issues with the movie with some deeper spoilers after this. Okay. Um, my big issue with all of these movies that are like this is you know exactly what needs to happen. What needs to happen is at some point, the doll, the machine, the robot, the whatever, uh, the demon pretending to be a doll, the ventriloquist dummy, whatever, has to want to kill the kid. 
you got to get to the point where the thing wants to kill the kid. And in this instance, that does not happen until the very, very, very tail end of this film. So the rest of the time, Megan is killing unsympathetic characters. And our lead non-Megan protagonist, played by Allison Williams, is a non-sympathetic character, both in the fact that she gives pretty much no shits until she has a very brief speech, uh, basically right before Megan tries to kill them, about, well, you know, you actually are my highest priority and all this sort of shit. I don't believe any of that for a minute. The turn doesn't work because all we have seen is this person be a very controlling, non-child-friendly, non-sympathetic, like, like from, from point A in this movie where she gets the call that her brother-in-law and her sister are dead and her 9, 10-year-old niece, 11-year-old niece is in a neck brace um, in the hospital orphaned she's just like standing there as if nothing has happened and again i know that that's how that character is written because that's supposed to be you know she's she's kind of supposed to be this character that dumps off the child to this ai and that's supposed to be a plot point and attention within the film but it creates such an unsympathetic character that I don't, and then everybody else Megan kills, with the exception of maybe the neighbor, because well, she didn't really deserve to die, but they, with everybody that Megan kills is kind of a, a jerk, or, or is violent, or is dangerous, or is just not a good person, is a thief, a liar, like, she's killing villains, essentially, within this person's world, and um, within, within Katie's world, within Gemma's world. And so by the time she finally turns the tables and wants to eliminate Gemma, we don't care. We're not rooting for Gemma against the machine. We're no, we're no longer necessarily rooting for Megan, but we're not rooting for Gemma. And that's the movie's biggest fatal flaw. And so by the time that the kid gets into the fray, we know that the kid's probably not going to die. I think this movie needed more gore. And I think it almost needed a more mean-spirited ending, um, a stinger of some kind. And I think it might have been better had Gemma died and the machine walked away with the girl. I think it might have been better if the girl chose the machine over this human being. And because there is this commentary thread, very, very briefly, that, that runs through the movie, which is that we are, you know, there's this talk of screen time and this and that, that we are essentially handing over our children to algorithms and we have no idea what those algorithms, how those algorithms are shaping our kids. And, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a parent, but just means the generations after you. And we have given up the responsibility of human interaction. We've given up the responsibility of human community and human flourishing, and we've handed it off to machines who may very well grow to be sentient, but may not necessarily be any more life-affirming or any more uh, uh, moral than us, right? Like, like, what if AI develops and it's just sort of like, well, you know, you kill, I kill. What's, what's the big fucking deal? Which is, in the end, sort of Megan's argument is sort of like human beings kill. Human beings made me, I'm going to kill. What's your problem? Get the fuck out of my way. And so he's like, how do you argue with that? Um, 
that's the biggest problem with all of these sort of movies. Even I think some of child's play movies though, is that you, you have to have a sympathetic character. You have to have some character that we can care about. And it's, it's kind of hard a little bit to care about Katie. We do because of this unhealthy attachment she develops for Megan and the grief that she's not processing. The fact that she's a kid, she is, you know, She's got a scene that's a, like a toned down version of the kid from the Babadook, man, you know, where she's like, or, or Titan, where she's like kicking the seat and, you know, eat shit and all this, you know, she's acting out. And so it's like understandable, but it's hard to completely be on board with a kid who's acting out. It's hard to be on board with Gemma because Gemma is Dr. Frankenstein and kind of a selfish narcissist. And that leaves us with really nobody except for Megan, who throughout most of the film is in the right. Now, if all you care, all you all you want to see is a PG thirteen robot movie where the robot kills people, um, you're you're then none of that really matters to you. If you don't want more or don't need more, then I'm just babbling at the mouth. But if you do want a little bit more or need a little bit more, uh, you're not going to get it here. So um, those are my kind of major grapes with the movie. Um, there's some there's there's some other issues which is like. The main, the other than that, that that's the character issue. The plot issue is it necessitates that Megan be out into the real world, and Gemma is somehow able to take this, the most advanced technology since the automobile, and just be able to just go anywhere she wants with it and let it live at her house and kind of this is an autonomous being. This isn't like an iPad or something, right? And I think about security protocols here at a video store. And what we have to do, and there's another instance in which one of the characters is literally just copying and pasting a file into a different drive that really, that plot point really goes nowhere. And um, I'm just thinking, they, you know, my screen here at Binge Movies has spyware on it where every 60 seconds I take a snapshot of what's on my computer screen. They know everything I've ever looked at, everything I've ever you know, they know the smell of my breath at any given moment. Okay. You're telling me that like this super advanced, you know, toy company that's dabbling in AI is not going to have so many like IT protocols that they're going to know that a guy's literally just copying and pasting files. It's stuff like that. There's these, these, there are contrivances. And again, when we have an antagonist that we either like or are scared of or whatever, and protagonist that we can relate to, we are willing and we sort of subconsciously, our subconscious bias is to overlook these issues. But when the pacing is off, when it's a long time between kills, when the kills are relatively bloodless, um, and when you don't disagree with the villain and you want the villain to win, you start nitpicking. You start seeing stuff that you wouldn't normally see. So, or that you, that you wouldn't, wouldn't gripe about in a better film, if that makes any sense. So I still liked it. It's a fun time at the movies. Um, Megan is hands down the best part. Props to everybody who performed her. I still don't know how it's done. The, other, the last thing I'll say about it, is, though, is I feel like this is the rare exception where Megan looks better in the trailer than she does in the movie. Like, eventually, I didn't see it anymore, but, but I was stunned when the movie started at how uncanny she looked because there is an uncanny quality to her in the trailer, but it's it's different than the one that's in the movie. It's, it's, I don't know if they continue to tweak her 
to make it maybe less uncanny and more obviously CGI because maybe people were having a weird reaction to it. But I think kind of the whole point of this is the fact that she was really weird looking. Like, like it kind of looks like a person. It kind of looks like Scarlett Johansson. It kind of looks like an Olsen twin. You know, like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, I think they fudged around maybe with the, with the face a little bit uh, to make it less weird looking. Uh, more less off-putting in a way and i think that's was a mistake that's why we bought tickets that's why this thing became a meme so then again maybe they learned from sony and realized that memes don't make money all right well those are my thoughts on megan if you're on the patreon patreon.com slash binge movies you got this instant reaction even more instantaneously leave a comment below if you've seen the movie be mindful of spoilers for those who haven't seen it by the time this hits the main feed i'd love to hear from you you can find us on Twitter at Binge Movies or Binge Movies Lives on Instagram. Find us at any of those places, letterbox.com slash binge movies. Come talk to us about movies somewhere on the internet. Those of you that do, I really appreciate it. It's been a hectic time here at the store, so I haven't been able to engage and interact as much as I would have liked over the last few weeks. But um, the holiday rush is over, and now we're just into the monotony before we get to spring and a brand new season of Binge Movies, which is just right around the corner. So until next time, binge on. Binge on.